Support for this podcast comes from Outdoor Supply Hardware, inviting listeners to OSHA's big anniversary sale celebration, May 20th through the 26th, featuring daily deals, $15,000 in giveaways, 20% off store-wide on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot more. Learn more at OSH.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment, and if you love what you're hearing... And I know you love what you're hearing. Please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Former President Donald Trump will campaign in California next month, speaking at the California Republican Party's fall convention in Anaheim. The announcement comes even as Trump faces new indictments, this time over his efforts to overturn his defeat in the 2020 presidential election, like his role in the January 6th insurrection. Cap Radio's Nicole Nixon reports. California Republican Party Chair Jessica Milan-Patterson said she is thrilled to welcome Trump back to the state for the party's convention in Anaheim in late September. The announcement came hours before Trump was indicted on four counts of conspiracy and obstruction. It also comes days after the California GOP voted to change its rules for awarding delegates. Whichever Republican candidate wins more than 50 percent in California's March presidential primary will get all of the state's GOP delegates to back them in the national convention. The rule change is seen as favoring Trump, who continues to top presidential polls among the state's Republican voters. For the California Report, I'm Nicole Nixon in Sacramento. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. The York Fire, California's largest wildfire of the year, is currently burning in the Mojave National Preserve along the border of California and Nevada.
The fire is also the largest one on record for the Mojave Desert, a place where such wildfires are rare. Monitoring the situation from Los Angeles is LAist science reporter Jacob Margolis. So Jacob, tell us more about this fire. What have we been seeing so far? Yeah, so uh, it's been pretty extreme. It popped up on Friday, July 28th, and has so far covered 80,000 plus acres, particularly in the Mojave National Preserve. It is the largest fire in recorded history for the preserve. And reports are saying that they're seeing 20 foot tall flame lengths, uh, fire fronts that are six miles long, just tearing through the desert, and um, fire whirls, which are kind of the younger cousins, the littler cousins of fire tornadoes, which can be uh, quite a nuisance for firefighters. Hmm. You know, unfortunately, we've become so accustomed to seeing big wildfires in our forest areas of California and in more alpine conditions. How unusual is it to have a fire of this size in the Mojave? Yeah, not usual at all. A lot of these species out there, especially Joshua trees, are very much not fire adapted. Now you head to our forests, uh, something like a giant sequoia, it needs fire to proliferate. It is good for the ecosystem there. Now in the desert, it's not to say fire never came along in the distant past, of course. However, uh, when these Joshua trees do burn, for instance, at very high severity, which means just very, very hot, um, they get destroyed and that ecosystem might not recover for a couple centuries, um, which is really sad and it's kind of scary. Hmm. And are these kind of wildfires becoming more common in these kind of places like the Mojave? And if so, why? Yeah, so there are a variety of reasons why we're seeing more and more of these fires. Um, one of them has to do with invasive weeds that are uh, like red brome that are filling the space in between Joshua trees and other plants like yucca and able to basically help the fire hopscotch in between, uh, you know, to the, the various Joshua trees. So it's filling in the space, providing a lot of fuel to keep the fire going. And when it comes to recovery in the short to long term in the Mojave after a fire, what does that look like? We could see some Joshua trees re-sprout from their roots if the fire was not too severe. However, this fire seems to be have been quite severe. Uh, besides that, you know, the first thing to come back is probably going to be those invasive grasses. And the big worry here is the fire return interval. So this ecosystem, it might have been every couple hundred years between big fires. Now, with those invasive grasses popping back up, even if there were spots that didn't burn, um, you know, all of a sudden this landscape is flammable again just 10 years, 15 years down the line. Line. And like I mentioned earlier, these species are not fire adapted quite often, not nearly as much as in our forests. And if a fire comes along and hits them again, you know, recovery is not looking too good. And just one other quick issue, uh, like with other wildfires, there's also an uh, air quality impact here, right? And this particular fire has affected air quality in places like Las Vegas. Absolutely. And Riverside, I believe, as well. And and the bottom line, when it comes to wildfire smoke and wildfires, it, it, it is a perfect example of uh, how this is not just a local issue. A fire Wildfire smoke can travel hundreds, thousands of miles, and it is extremely detrimental to human health. Um, if you know the air quality is bad, please don't go outside. We see an increase in stroke risk, uh, COPD exacerbation, and, and, and other issues. So stay inside, turn on the air purifier fire, please don't go exercise. All right. We have been speaking to LAS science reporter Jacob Margolis. Jacob, thanks so much for joining us on the California Report. Thanks for having me. This summer marks the 59th year that Northern California's Yurok tribe is holding its Klamath Salmon Festival. 
But this year, there won't actually be any salmon served because of historically low salmon stocks. The California Report's Izzy Bloom has more. The Klamath River's salmon population has been declining for years due to factors like water quality issues, disease, excessive water diversion, and dams that block spawning habitat. That's why the festival's theme this year is celebrating the removal of four major dams on the Klamath over the next one and a half years. Dam removal is a huge step in improving the Klamath River and the Klamath Basin. The Yurok tribe's chairman, Joseph James, says the tribe is choosing not to harvest salmon for the festival because it's their sacred responsibility to protect the fish. Salmon is part of our way of life. Salmon is part of our culture. Salmon takes care of us. It's important for us. We take care of the salmon, too. The tribe also decided to cancel the upcoming subsistence and commercial fisheries as a conservation measure. The Klamath Salmon Festival, scheduled for August 19th, is open to the public and draws about 3,500 people each year. For The California Report, I'm Izzy Bloom. And that is The California Report for Wednesday, August 2nd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. As always, thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. Support for The California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water with no sugar or diet sweeteners with more than 25 flavors, including watermelon and pineapple. In stores or delivered from HintWater.com. Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and Adult and Children's Health Systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.